Blog Talk Radio. Both live and archive. My name is David Fournier, the senior instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining me on the Zohar in 15. Uh, before I get into the lesson today, I did want to say that I got an interesting uh, email from a pastor who had said, that, Hey, I, I noticed that you have brought up the word Kabbalah or Kabbalist, and it's on your keywords for your show. And obviously, the Zohar is not exactly the uh, most well known Christian commentary. And he asked me, and he said in his email, it was very, very well written. He said, you know, I've heard of a lot of occult practices and mystic practices and things on that with Kabbalah. And that's why I've always put my congregation at, you know, arm's length. Those are all good points. I just want to make mention that if we're going to judge something by the fact of what people have done with it in a negative way, then we shouldn't practice Christianity either. Um, and we shouldn't practice Judaism and we shouldn't practice any other faith group because there's always been segments or fragments of those groups who have done things that discredit what often the founders uh, themselves set out to do. And the second part is, remember that the studying Kabbalah, Kabbalah is not a religion uh, on its own. Now, maybe some people have made it that way, but the actual practice of Kabbalah is about tools to enrich your current spiritual tradition. So let me put it to you in, in like this. If the garden you're tending is Christianity, if the garden you're tending is the Baha'i faith, if the garden you're tending is Judaism, Kabbalah is not asking you to change gardens. It's giving you an opportunity to use a different tool to tend that same garden. Uh, the fact that I believe in the practices of Kabbalah and, and many of the things that it teaches as far as tools and practices hasn't changed my stance at all on what I believe about Jesus or, or his accomplishments on the cross or what I feel about myself as a Christian. It's only enhanced it and deepened my own faith. Today we're going to be talking about what a difference a day makes. <clears throat> what a difference a day makes. We'll be in, in Zohar Volume 7, portion Vayeka, Chapter 31, narrative. we're going to read the narrative by Rabbi Ashlag, uh, and we'll be on pages 295 through 300. Now each day in our life presents us the opportunity to transform. It gives us the opportunity to transform. A lot of people, it's simple. If you want something different in your life, then you're awake today, make that thing different. Um, a lot of times people are looking <clears throat> outside of their own selves for somebody else to fulfill them instead of simply taking the steps themselves to accomplish that same task. So if you're feeling distant from somebody, then draw close to them. If you're feeling um, unhappy about something about yourself, then make a change. Now, again, that's easy talk to say things like that. It's like the Just Say No campaign to drugs. Just put a button on that says just say no and drugs will leave. That's not exactly how it works. There needs to be some empowerment and some cooperation to make that happen. But transformation of our souls is the personal spiritual mission of every person. Transforming your soul is the personal spiritual mission of you. When you get to the world to come, when you get to heaven, when you're standing in front of the Savior, when you're standing in front of Hashem, when you're standing in front of God, he's not going to ask you how well theologically well-versed you are or how many scriptures you have memorized, or what, how did you scale the virgin birth on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being most likely and 1 being improbable. It's not really a question about that. It's going to be about what did you do with the time that I gave you. Most people, 
and I'm referring to people that we refer to as saved and also people refer to as unchurched or, or unsaved fail to realize the meaning of life or, or the meaning of life's purpose. Because if you're just here in this world going day by day, kind of earning a paycheck and paying for your meals and every once in a while having some fun, that's not going to be enough for it to make sense for you. And I want to tell you, church people, I want you to listen very carefully, my Christian brothers and sisters. I want to tell you one thing that we're definitely not here for. It's not about building a building. It's about investing in the lives of each other. That's what it's all about. That's what transformation does. The more that I invest in the lives of other people, the more that I share what Creator has given to me, the more fulfilled my life will be. And as long as I'm doing it from the right purpose, and someday we're going to talk about uh, what's called the equivalence of form. The equivalence of form. God's design, part of us is designed like God. Part of us has that image of God. And the more equivalence we have with the form of creator, the more we are connected with him. But there are so many lost or unrecognized opportunities that create negative blockages that dim the light. There's many things that we practice on a regular basis that dim the light, that dim our ability. Now, the absence of light, when you have the absence of light, you have the expansion of darkness. And when you have the presence of light, you have the diminishing of darkness. You don't need to be a scientist to figure that part out. It's pretty easy math. This absence of light is expanding darkness, which leads to, what does darkness lead to? What does the scriptures tell us about it? It leads to turmoil, to pain, to suffering, to senseless death and tragedy and hardship. So let me ask you this question. Do any of you have that in your life? Are you experiencing that? Do we look around the world today and see that as something that we see in the world every day? Seeing it another way is that when we don't transform, when we're not working on ourselves spiritually, when we're not sharing our faith, when we're not loving other people, when we're not doing those things, what we're doing is we have an unfulfilled life. And many people are trying to insert things. By the way, it's great you spend time with your family. It's great that you do all the things that you do. But remember, none of those things will ever substitute for that driving source you have for transformation, wanting to have equivalence in form, wanting to become more like the one who created you. It's time to wake up. I want to read this portion to you. This is an English translation from something that Rav Ashlag had said. So remember, it, it could be a little loosely based, but we'll go with it. It brings us the concept. Each day in our lives presents us with opportunities to fulfill our personal spiritual mission in life and complete our transformation. Unfortunately, most people fail to realize the meaning of life and the purpose of their existence. Each lost opportunity creates a negative blockage that diminishes and dims the light of the Creator in our, in our lives. It is within this expanding darkness that turmoil, hardship, pain, and suffering are born. It behooves a man to awaken the spiritual truths of his existence so he may develop himself spiritually. I want to read to you verse number 295. And I will lie with my fathers. Rabbi Yehuda opened the discussion with the verse, Hear, O deaf, and look, O blind, that you may see. Hero deaf refers to men who neither listen to the words of truth or Torah or do not open their ears to hearken to the precepts of their master. The blind are those who do not look to know wherefore they live. For every day, listen to this, this is great. For every day a crier comes and proclaims, yet no one pays attention. From birth to death, in God's economy, there is no time, there is no space. So from our birth to our death, all of our days are known by God. The, these are real illuminations. So think of it like this. People are always saying, oh, I wish God would talk to me. I wish he'd give me an illumination. He has. He's giving you the illumination of today. He's giving the reality of today. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not living in yesterday. It's not possible. I'm not living in today. So the illumination that I have from God is the one that I have right now. We're going to take a quick 40-second commercial break, and we'll be right back. 
Looking for something different at your next retreat, Bible study, or weekend seminar? Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. So based on the idea that today is our illumination, it's the moments that we have with God, and I don't mean this in a mystical sense, I mean in a real sense. We want to make the most out of the day. We want to be part of transformation. The, the, the uh, verses that we're reading here in the Zohar are telling us that our days to come as messengers to us. Uh, they come in as in turn, basically. I'm sorry, let me back up. Each day is a message from God, and our job is to figure out what that message is. Being spiritually deaf or being spiritually blind is that we're not looking how to figure it out. We have to be really careful that we don't grow complacent in our spiritual life. For many people, you're going to go to church this morning. God bless you. And you're going to sit in church. And there'll be some singing that you'll share with. And they'll be participating in some testimonies. There'll be some scripture reading. And you'll walk back out of that place the same person you walked in. Because you were told things and you heard things, but were you looking for things? Verse number 296. We've got to hurry along here, guys. We have learned that those days already exist from the day man was born into the world, for they are real illuminations from which man's days are drawn. They go about in the world and descend to warn man each day in its turn. When the day comes to warn the man, yet the man commits a sin on that day before his master, that day ascends shamed facedly and bears testimony to him and stands outside alone. So each one of the days are these real illuminations, our opportunities to connect with Creator. And these days come as messengers to us. They warn us. They're giving us signals. They're only going to do that. You're only going to hear something you're listening for, unless it's super loud and annoying. You're only going to hear something that you're listening for. And when we sin, when we break the laws of God, when we transgress, when we when we go against what God wants us to do, those days return back to God what? This is really interesting. They return back as shame. Two ninety Verse 297. We have learned that after it was put to stand alone outside, referring to the day, so yesterday that you lived your life is now standing outside being weighed in the balance. It sits and waits for a man to repent of his sin. Get this. This is amazing. If the man repented, the day returns to its place. But if he did not merit and atones, the day descends, joins a spirit outside, comes back into his house, putting on the same appearance as the man to bring evil upon him. The day sits with him in his house, and if he has merit to repent, it brings him good, but if not, it brings him evil. And they say, wait a minute, where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Scripture? Slow down. Remember, we're not talking about whether we should doctrinally accept these ideas and start teaching them as truth. We're talking about looking at things differently. We're looking at a day instead of a 24-hour period of time. We're looking at it as an opportunity or an illumination or a message from God. And the question that, that the rabbis are asking here is, what have you done with this? There are days that we bring God glory. There are days that we bring him shame. And this one says, now listen, this is interesting. This one here says, in verse number 297, that this day, think about it. This day, if it's not lived according to, uh, as God would want us to live, that day comes back to haunt him. Let me ask you, have you ever had a day or a period of time or a decision come back to haunt you? Maybe this isn't as far-fetched as it may sound in kind of a re- in, in the way. Now listen to verse 298. Only a couple more verses. In verse number 298, in either case, so for good or for evil, when that man's days are accounted for and they are in want, 
and those are not numbered. Those those are not numbered because of the sins. Woe to the man who diminished the number of his days before the holy king, and has no days above which would be crowned in that world to approach the holy king. So there's an accounting for our days, the days that we live our lives for God and Creator. Those go up into the heavenlies to form a crown. The ones that don't, they come back to haunt us. This is kind of amazing stuff when you think about it. These heavenly courts do this. There are some days that are in want. These are days that we didn't correct. Verse 299. Come and see. When those days come before the Holy King, if the man who passed away from the world be righteous, he ascends and comes in with these days, and they are the raiments of glory in which his soul is clothed. For he merited these days by not committing sin. Now that's a great, that's a great idea. So you actually are storing an account up in heaven. By the way, this doesn't have to be always negative. We don't, we don't worship a God who's looking to catch us in the act of doing something wrong. God is watching us to catch us in the act of doing something right. So when we die, when a righteous man dies, the days that we committed to God's glory are our heavenly clothing. Verse 300. Listen to this. Two minutes, guys. Here we go. Woe to the man who reduced his numbers of days above. For when he is to don those days, or to take them into account, the days he spoiled by his sins are missing from the garment, and he wears a defective costume. All the more so if they are many, which the days were spoiled, that a man has nothing to be clad in this world. Woe to him and woe to his soul, for he's punished for this. When he departs from the world, he finds no day to be in which to be clad, no garment or no covering. Happy are the righteous, whose days all store for the holy king, and is made into raiments the glory to dawn the world to come. So what happens is... We can spoil these days to where they are not part of, of our offering and sacrifice to God. Sometimes we'll talk about that too. And our garments become not whole. And our garments become a defective costume. Now, as a Christian, do we believe that, that some of the, defect, the defective costumes, some of those holes are covered through the blood and atonement of Jesus? Absolutely. But what I don't believe is that he's going to simply cover it because he has to, We've got to go out and also be willing to work for it, also be willing to warn it. Spiritually, we need covering of garments. I think there's all kinds of scriptures that tell us that. But what's interesting is the righteous store their days with God to wear in the world to come. I want to tell you that those painful situations you've gone through, those troubling times, the difficulties that you've gone through, God has stored those up. The scriptures tell us that he keeps our tears in a bottle. And the reason he does that is someday those will become glorious clothing. Glorious clothing for you to wear in the presence of the king when he says to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me, either live or archive. And I'll see you next week on Zohar 15.